Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome to Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. Lots to get to today. I got Mark Craig coming up with NFL Picks and a long conversation with Mike Hastings, head coach of Minnesota State Mankato Hockey. Big series for them this weekend against St. Cloud State, number one against number two. Good early test for uh, for college hockey. Just a good a good series and a good lay of the land for where that program is in this state. So we'll get to both of those things in just a minute. But first, what did I miss? You guys, that's why we watched the games was Thursday night. Saw two things. Uh, one of them I don't know if I've ever seen. The other you don't see these days at all. Let's start with the let's start with the straight steal of home. Randy Rosarina of uh, of the Tampa Bay Rays, leading candidate for uh, Rookie of the Year, had a great postseason last year already. Even though he was you know had barely had any regular season at bats, um, stole home against the Red Sox. Um, did a straight steal, just timed it perfectly. First straight steal of home plate since 1955 in the postseason. Jackie Robinson did it against Yogi Berra, that famous play. You've probably seen replays of that. Um, but just the fact that he was able to pull this off, that did it in a playoff game, and they had a, they had a decent-sized lead. They won 5 nothing, I believe. Uh, that was maybe the final run in the game. So, you know, there was, there was a certain cushion. There was a certain ability for him to do it. He made it relatively easy. And re- relatively easily, and it was just you know what an exciting play. Like just that, that just doesn't happen these days. You know, pitchers are so conscious of what's going on at third base, but when you get a lefty on the mound and he can't look right over there, and he's even if he's in the stretch, if he's doing a long stretch, you have an opportunity if you time it right and you catch a team napping, and that is exactly what happened in that game. Now the other thing I was referencing, a little bit more uh, on the bizarre side, Michael Dixon for Seattle Seahawks, was punting. The Seahawks were down 16-7. Russell Wilson had uh, injured his finger in that game. Things were going terribly for Seattle. Punt gets blocked against the Rams, and Dixon goes and scoops up the loose ball and runs a little bit, sees that he's not going to be able to make the first down, and then he punts it again, a double punt, and they threw a flag but then they talked about it and realized it was a legal play. He was barely behind the line of scrimmage still, and the rule says that as long as the ball doesn't cross the line of scrimmage, if it in a situation like that, you can kick it again. So ball ends up going like 68 yards. It ends up being like a 68-yard punt. Ends up being, you know, could have been a key play in the game if Seattle had been able to rally. They end up losing 26-17, but... What an amazing uh, heads-up play. Scooped it up with one hand. Double punt um, in that game. Never seen that before. Don't know if I ever will. But, uh, you know, a double punt and a straight steal of home. That is why we watch sports today. Since I was a kid, my grandpa, Jim Warner, taught us to treat our customers like family. And to thank you for 67 years, Warner Stellion is offering unbeatable appliance savings. Go to warnerstellion.com to get your $50 coupon you won't find anywhere else. NFL picks time on daily delivery. Mark Craig joins me as always on Fridays. Mark, how you doing? Going well. How are you? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. You uh, looking over your week five picks and Mark, you're tempting fate. You're, you're, you're putting Vikings, uh, Vikings nation on, on notice saying this is a, a breeze. What do you got the Vikings by like three, three and a half touchdowns in this game uh, over Detroit? I know Detroit's bad, but but man, the, the Vikings can lose or win against anybody in my estimation. 
Well, yeah, I think anybody in, in the league, uh, it's a crazy league, as, uh, as you know, uh, Michael. Uh, but, yeah, I got it. Uh, it's a, it's, it might be the all-time jinx that I'm throwing out there but because I call this the lock pick. Um, I have a feel. First of all, I think the, the Vikings are obviously a lot, lot better. They're at home. They're playing a, a, a guy, that a quarterback that can't move and, and an offensive line that can't protect him, and uh, they can't rush the passer. So, to me, this is a uh, – it's a lock. I think I had what thirty-one to seven. Thirty-one seven, yeah. It's a get. It's a it's a get right game. And but if I'm wrong and they lose, it has a feel of. Um, I'm not saying it would happen, but this has a feel. If you lose and get embarrassed by the Lions at home, it has a fire the coach feel to it. I don't think that'll happen, but because um, I, I think that they'll win. Yeah, you're right. I think it's a. Uh... An opportunity, at the very least, to to get healthy, you know, on the scoreboard at least. You know, you, you never. I don't know if we would learn a whole lot about the Vikings if they if they do take care of business, even in a routine kind of pedestrian way. Even if it was more like twenty seven to fourteen or something like that. If it was just a a simple win, I still don't know how much we would learn because the Lions are pretty bad. That said, the, the Lions, even at zero and four, you know, I've watched bits and pieces of these games. They're they're a little bit more functional than I thought they would be. I mean, that, that first half against green Bay, you talked about them last week, having, you know, good halves of football that that's, that's a little bit of what just gives me pause this week, but you know, the Vikings are clearly the better team. And obviously, uh, yeah, having said that, uh, you know, like I, I have mentioned, I think a couple of times on the show that, that, uh, you know, they've done some nice things. They don't look like the typical lions. Uh, you know, they had uh, the, the Ravens beat and get beat by a record field goal. Um, you know, I picked them, you know, like an idiot. I picked them to, for my upset special last week. Um, but they were inside the red zone four times, four or five times, and four of them they had two fumbles. Golf got uh, stripped of the ball twice, and they, they turned the ball over on downs twice. So, you know, uh, and that, a lot of that happened early in the game. So they score there a couple of times. It might be a different game. Yeah, it's, that's, you know. It's it's a crazy league, like you say, but if everything goes according to form, the Vikings will win this game, give themselves at least a chance to get back to 500 before the bye week. Um, staying in the division, um, Packers at Bengals is a little more interesting than it probably seemed at the start of the year. Bengals are three and one. They've you know they've hardly played flawless football, but. If we're living by the axiom that you are what your record is, that, that cuts both ways. They're three and one, and offense has been pretty good with you know Joe Burrow healthy. He's got some some guys to throw to, including Jamar Chase, who had a big long touchdown against the Vikings in week one. How, you think this is gonna be a it feels like this could be a high scoring game, like you like you write. Um, but in a high scoring game, even in Cincinnati, you got to give the edge to Green Bay. Yeah, I was so tempted to pick the Bengals in this one because I do think that it's it's weird. I mean, first of all, that they're three and one, and this is like one of the marquee games of the of the week. You know, uh, when's the last time you said that a, a marquee game is in Cincinnati um, with Aaron Rodgers going against uh, Joe Burrow and Ch- you know Jamar Chase is becoming a you know a, like the modern version of Randy Moss. I mean, as well this way he's scoring and everything. Um, you know, to me, I was tempted to pick the Bengals. I fully expect it to be a real high scoring game, but I just, uh, and I think the Bengals can rush the passers as we saw. Um, but I just, you know, I think in this type of game where Aaron Rodgers finds a way to score last and win. Yeah, I agree with that. I think green Bay has kind of got things 
rolling a little bit. Aaron Rodgers was right. They're they're three and one after that, you know, after getting humiliated in week one against New Orleans, they're well on their way to a to, to being a being a good team again. Game of the week's gotta be Bills against Kansas City. That's in Kansas City. You like Buffalo. I kind of like Buffalo too. Um I wonder if this is kind of a trap and that Buffalo has looked especially good because they've been playing some bad teams and Kansas City will end up winning this game, but Buffalo looks like the, at the risk of jinxing Bills fans, Buffalo looks like it could be the team to beat in the AFC this year. Yeah, I mean, I like uh, I like what Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier have done defensively. You're right. I mean, um, they've had the good fortune of, of winning three straight games against three backups or quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, as I, I think I said, uh, they're now facing the, the greatest non-backup quarterback uh, that's maybe ever lived. So, um, you know, to me, it's, I picked the bills in part, and I'm not sure I wouldn't put a lot of, I wouldn't put money on any of this stuff, especially that game because Kansas city it's in Kansas city and they can just score. And, and the bills gave it two cracks last year and they couldn't do it. And that AFC championship game, they could not stop them. Um, you know, but I, where I hung my picking hat on was the turnovers, uh, and the two losses that Kansas city has had. I think in one of the losses, Mahomes had four interceptions. Uh, four, they had four turn. No, they had four turnovers. Um, you know, I, I like the way that the Bills are playing. I like their their pass rush. I think is better than it was last year, which is one was the area they were really looking to improve on. And I like the fact that they they turned the ball over and uh, and I just feel like it's time for them to break through. Now this could be a preview of the AFC Championship game, and they end up you know, the Chiefs end up winning that game, but. Uh, I'm going against uh, normally I would pick the home team in a, in a situation like this, but I'm going with the bills just because I think they'll, um, they'll force some turnovers. You get the Browns over the chargers. Uh, it's a road game too. I, I like that one too. I, I think Cleveland impressed me more than I was ready to be impressed. Um, you know, Baker Mayfield's inaccuracy aside. And I think we learned the other day that he's got some kind of shoulder problem, although that's non-throwing shoulder that, that could still be impacting him a little bit. Um, you do wonder how long it might be until we see, uh, some case Keenum magic over there if he keeps struggling. But, um, in, in some cases, like, it, like last week, it didn't really matter if he, if he was inaccurate because the defense was that good and the run game is that good. And that could carry the day at San Diego again. I'm sorry, at, at the chargers at the LA chargers again. Yeah. I mean, for them to win last week, um, you know, I know the, the Vikings are one and three and everything, but to come into that, that stadium, which they had never played in before the amount of noise that there is um, for them to come in and, and granted most 99% of football fans today don't like the 14, seven game. I seem, I, I sort of enjoy the struggle um, for them to win that game by with that running game, that defense, and to be able to win when their quarterback is playing like a high school quarterback. I mean, he would, that's his, that's the worst I've seen him play. And I tend to watch most of their games every week. Um, he was awful and he admitted it. And, you know, no one's going to argue with uh, his description of how he played, um, but they just have a way and that that style, which is exactly how Zimmer would like to win. I mean, Zimmer would probably want his quarterback to play a little better than that, but that travels well. And, um, you know, as we saw Monday night, um, going to L.A., it, it can be uh, the, the visiting team can be the <laughs> uh, can be the, the, the have the home crowd, have the crowd behind them. So. Uh, it's not a tough place to play. It's never been a tough place to play. Um, so I, I like how the, the Browns, their style travels. And uh, you can't – it just 
you can control games the way the Browns play. Let me ask you something kind of that I've sampled throughout the week with, I think, Chip and maybe even Roycey. The, the, you know, the way that game went last week, the 14-7 game, when the Vikings just couldn't, couldn't protect Cousins, couldn't really get anything going on offense besides that, beside that first you know, touchdown drive, is that a function more of Cleveland's front four and even the back half, or is it the Vikings' offensive line? Like, should we expect a, a bounce back from the Vikings' offensive line in, in more often than not this year, or you know, because Cleveland's defense was so good, they made them look worse than they, when they, re, than they really are? Or, or are you going to see continued struggles like that from the offensive line, do you think? Well, you know, I, I, I went in purposely looking at the pressure um, for the story that I was going to work on, that I've worked on for Monday's paper. Uh, you know, the, Kirk Cousins goes six for six on that first drive. He, there was not an ounce of pressure on him. The only pressure on that drive was whenever they got him to leave the pocket and he ran, you know, three yards over the line of scrimmage before he threw the ball. Um, but, the, you know, that, that drive took like eight minutes off the clock, and then the Browns had a long drive. And then when the Vikings got the ball back, um, Kirk was pressured on his first three throws. And then I, I had him for 18 pressures after that. And that includes penalties and everything. Um, three of those, and one came up the middle from Malik Jackson, which, you know, up the middle is, is kind of a problem. Uh, that, that seems to be a recurring problem when the line breaks down. Um, and the other, oh, there was a safety blitz, I think, off the front side. And then there was a corner blitz off the, off the blind side. So Joe Woods, I think, jump-started that, you know, pressure by bringing some extra rushers. And then the, the front four seemed to get in rhythm. And I think the Vikings may have, and Kirk Cousins may have become a little more hesitant because there was pressure coming from different areas. And then, uh, you know, the Miles Garrett of the world, uh, those guys took over. So I think Joe Woods deserves some credit for how he jump-started, you know, that pressure and putting things in the Vikings' head. Um, you know, the offensive line played, played really well uh, two weeks in a row. Um, maybe – yeah, two weeks, two or three weeks in a row. Uh, but yeah, they're they're not going to be a. I don't think you're, they're the, they're the the line that's going to line up and and play ten straight games that we're all gonna, we're going to be you know lauding them for. Um, it's going to be a bumpy ride with them, and that's. I mean, to get good games out of them is 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 nice, but uh, it's not going to happen every single week. Let's get to your upset special to finish this off. You got Bears fever all of a sudden just because they beat the Lions. You got them winning. At, well, at Vegas, Vegas three and one. Although Vegas didn't look that great last week. Yeah, I'm, I might be the only guy that picked uh, the Lions to beat to beat the Bears in Chicago as my upset special, and then to come back and uh, pick the Bears to win on the road um, as my upset special. So, yeah, I don't I don't feel as good about these as I did the first three. But uh, you know, I, Vegas is they're very one dimensional. It seems so weird saying Vegas, but. Uh, very one-dimensional. Um, I think the Bears, the Bears defense stops the run. They get after Derek Carr. Um, you know, and you know, Khalil Mack is obviously gonna. That's gonna be a. He might. He might just go to the sideline and sack Gruden. You know, so <laughs> take some of that money that uh, should have gone to him. So, all right, Mark. Sounds good. I appreciate all the uh, all this, and uh, we'll do this next week. Okay. Thank you. 
just a bit of levity will take you behind the show a little bit. Um, during that segment with Mark Craig, I started to ask him about the Seahawks-Rams game, thinking what a great matchup that was, forgetting that we were recording the segment on Thursday, but it wasn't going to run till Friday, and that was the Thursday night game. Trust me, we both liked the Rams in that game. Mark Craig had it written down in his picks that the Rams would win and cover, so good one for Mark Craig. Really happy to be joined today on Daily Delivery by Mike Hastings, head coach, Minnesota State, Mankato men's hockey team, first-time guest. Welcome to the show, Mike. How you doing? We're really good. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Wanted to talk ahead of a pretty big early series, at least. It's early October, so you know we, we can't get we can't get ahead of ourselves in terms of importance, but a good kind of early test to some excitement in college hockey with number one against number two, Mankato, Minnesota State Mankato against St. Cloud in Mankato this weekend, Friday and Saturday. Um, maybe off the bat, I, I want to ask you a little bit about program stuff, but maybe you can zero in on that series for just a minute. You know, last year, such a, a strange year for everybody in sports. I've talked to a number of guests about that, especially as we kind of welcome fans back into the space, you know, in the last couple months here. How do you think that series in particular will feel, not just one versus two, but, you know, people in your building, energy, things like that? You know, it's something we're, we're looking forward to. This last week, you know, we went out to, to UMass and right. they were unveiling their national championship banner. And, uh, you know, I guess we became a little numb to the idea of, of no fans in the building. And, and so as I was walking out with, with Todd Cannot, uh, my associate head coach, we're walking out to the bench and we, we came through the tunnel and got out and there. There was 9,000 people. It was sold out. Uh, as you just mentioned, the energy in the building, um, knock on wood, they, they didn't score a goal. So the top didn't get blown off that place. Uh, <laughs> We, we, we got, we were fortunate. We got one early and, and, and calmed the crowd a little bit, but boy, was it, it was it fantastic to be back in a building uh, with fans, whether it was ours or, or, or somebody else's just for the environment factor for the players. And uh, you know, sometimes you, you, you don't miss something until it's gone. And for us to experience that again, and, and now being able to flip the script and come home and it looks like our place is going to be sold out for the weekend. And, and, and so when you start talking about environment, being back in the state, in the state of hockey, playing against a team that we know well, have a tremendous amount of respect for is, I know the guys are excited about it. Put it this way, the, the ticket list for the, the, the players is full. Uh, so we're looking forward to it. I bet you are. I'm looking forward to it too. It should be a fun early series. Like you mentioned, a team, you know, very well, um, Last weekend, like you said, a lot of success at, at UMass. That was a team that won the national, you know, won the Frozen Four, won the national championship a year ago. You guys were in that Frozen Four. That was your first Frozen Four appearance. You get the sweep last weekend, which vaults you up into that number one ranking uh, again this year. This is like three out of the last four years, six out of the last nine. You guys have been in the tournament. Like I said, made the Frozen Four for the first time last season. That kind of program building and ascent has roughly coincided with your arrival there. I believe this is, you've been there 10 years, 11 years of um, somewhere in that mix. How maybe just open-ended kind of for taking me back a decade. How did you do it? How, how has this become, you know, not just uh, a good team that, you know, that might, that might contend for, you know, getting into the postseason sometimes to number one team in the country 
national championship contender? Well, it's year 10, starting year 10, it seems like year two. Uh, Time flies, I guess, as you as you keep getting older, it, it seems like it goes by faster, but uh, really support uh, from the top down. Um, you know, now President Inch, we've got a new leader uh, here at MSU. Previously, it was Richard Davenport uh, who, who hired me with Rick Strzok and Kevin Beisman, our, our vice president and our AD. Uh, and, and when I worked with Dean Blaze at, at UNO, uh, he told me, he said, hey, if, if you're going to, if if you're going to be successful at a division one institution, you need to have, you know, a division one hockey program. You need to have strong leadership above you and support. And that's been there since day one. You know, we talked about trying to fill the, the facility void that we were looking to, so we could provide for the student athlete, what they need to develop uh, nutritionally, academically, um, strength and conditioning, uh, as well as a place that they can call home. And, the, the city, the state, the university stepped up. We've got a beautiful home that we, uh, that we get to be a part of every single day. So that, that has been taken care of. And then they, they did an unbelievable job at giving me an opportunity to hire who I thought we needed to hire and surround myself with great people. And uh, Todd Connaught, my associate head coach, I think is one of the brightest minds in, in all college hockey. I think he'll be a, he'll be a head coach sooner than later. I uh, decided to stick around with me uh, and Darren Blue, who just left our program this year. Um, and now we've got Paul Kirtland uh, decided to stay also. And so there was some continuity from day one uh, with a, a connection with the, the previous coaching staff, players. And then I'll, I'll say this, when I got here, I was fortunate to have good hockey players. Uh, and, and that makes, you know, we, we had a good goaltender. We, we had some guys that could, could spin it around out in the rink and guys that really wanted to, to take a step. And so when, when you have the ability to be surrounded by quality, uh, you've got quality hockey players and have the support. Uh, they've been there since day one and they've, they've never gone away. And so it's allowed us to continue to climb the ladder and hopefully we're going to stay on that ascent this season. Speaking of this year's team in particular, I mean, like I said, you had the sweep uh, at, at UMass, which is an impressive start. Um, might be too early to know this necessarily, but I'm sure you've done you know, plenty of roster dissection and thinking about this year's team. When this team is going well, when, when you're winning, when, when, how are you, what's this year's identity do you think is going to be? What, how will this year's team play when it is playing at its best? Well, hopefully we can win with depth uh, and, and we still, it's, as you just mentioned, it's still early for us, but uh, we're going to need our, our best players to be our best players while some of our younger players develop their own identity uh, as individuals and then put that together as a group. But uh, to start off any good hockey team, any team that is successful consistently has good goaltending and we're blessed. We've got Dryden McKay, uh, who has done a lot, is very close to, uh, with a shutout on Saturday against UMass, is is, is close to tying um, and hopefully setting an NCAA record for shutouts in a career. And uh, not just his play on the rink, but really his leadership off the rink. Uh, you start there. And then our defensive cores come back, and, and we need them over the last five, six years We've done a really good job of buying into the we factor, not the me factor. And, and guys, 
uh, are okay defending in groups of five. And it starts with our, our defensemen. And then we've got a couple of special players that had special weekends last weekend. Uh, you know, Nathan Smith had five points on the weekend, he had three goals. And, and when we were down three, nothing on, on yeah. Sunday, uh, scored goal one, goal two, set up goal three, uh, got us back in the, in the game. And so, uh, really for us, our identity, we're still trying to see if we can get some secondary scoring. Our, our, our best players played and carried us a little bit offensively. And then we had a, a really good defensive posture where guys went out and competed when we didn't have the puck. And if, if we can continue those things while still polishing up our power play, our power play wasn't exactly uh, what it needs to be, but our penalty killing was. Uh, we scored one power play goal on the weekend and it ended up being a game winner on Saturday. And we're just going to have to continue to build as we go on. But I, I like our start. I'm excited about this weekend because I think if we have some cracks in our foundation, St. Cloud's good enough to expose them. When you name somebody Dryden, what are the odds that he's going to live up to those expectations? Yeah, I, I can tell you this. Uh, when, when, when he shared the story, uh, you know, about Ken Dryden and why he was named Dryden. Um, it, you can't make it up, right? Now the young man, and he's, I, I wish he, as he does, wishes he was probably the size of Ken Dryden. That's the, <laughs> that's the only thing that I can tell you. And again, he doesn't get to control that. Um, but uh, for him to have the demeanor and, and, and just be a guy that you like to see at the rink every day and, uh, not a lot of, you know, hockey a bit, and, and most goaltenders aren't the most normal human beings that you run into on a daily basis. Yes, that is 100% accurate. Yeah, and, and, and Dryden is. He's just, he's, he's somebody that walks into the rink with a smile on his face. If it goes by him, he forgets about it, learns from it, moves on. Um, he's a guy you want to play in front of. And, and so his demeanor and, and having that, name hung on him at a very early time in life and to live up to what he's doing is pretty special. A couple more things for you, Mike Hastings, enjoying this conversation. Switched this year to the CCHA. You've been in the WCHA prior to that. Um, what, what, is that what does that mean, do you imagine, to competitive balance and just kind of how you, just the, the opponents you will see this year? Well, you know what, we, we know the the relationships that we've had with the teams that are are coming from the old WCHA to now the CCHA, uh, I think our league has continued to garner depth and and get better as a whole. You're starting to see that uh, when our teams go to the NCAA tournament, you see Bemidji, who's going to be very difficult out again this year, and the job that Tom Serratore does at Bemidji and. Uh, the excitement of what's going on at St. Thomas, and it won't take them long to get rolling. Uh, you, you know, another Minnesota guy, Ty Eidner, who's coaching at, at Bowling Green. Um, and what's going on at Michigan Tech? You're, you're seeing teams, even this last weekend, with us going out to UMass and Lake Superior State going into UNO and winning a game on the road, and Ferris State beating Miami, two teams in the NCHC. Uh, we just need to keep getting better. And I think we've done that over the attrition of us now having the eight that we have together uh, combined with new leadership. Uh, Don Lucci is our commissioner. Uh, it's great to be able to talk to somebody that sat in the seat that I'm sitting in uh, as well as our, our other coaches 
And for him to do it at the different levels that he did, he ended up at University of Minnesota. But prior to that, he was at Colorado College. He was at Fairbanks and he was at universities that, you know, if you look in a mirror, some of our universities mirror that where it isn't division one across the board. So when you have leadership like that and investment and commitment from the universities that we have right now, I think our future is very bright. Hopefully we can maintain the start that we have this year on the ice. But I also am very excited about what you see and how we are viewed because of the leadership that we have now in Don Lucci and his staff. You mentioned St. Thomas, and I was going to ask you about that. One more Division I team in the state to recruit against, to compete against. Um, some of the, you know, there's been tons of success. Obviously, this is the state of hockey. There's, you know, a lot of quality programs. Sometimes the Gophers cast a too large shadow over the rest of them. And I may be guilty of focusing on them more than some of the others, but just maybe assessing the state as a whole and St. Thomas's arrival specifically, how do you view now the landscape that you see before you in Minnesota? Well, it's, it's a great question. I, I will say this, I consider uh, all the programs and, and the individuals that are the head coaches right now in those programs, they're, they're, we've grown up together. You know, Tommy Serratori and myself worked together at St. Cloud State. Uh, when I first arrived on campus at St. Cloud as a student athlete, Bobby Motzko was working with, with Herb Brooks. Uh, Scott Sandel and uh, his son, Ryan, plays for our program. Um, and, and, you know, when, when you start talking about that, you've got Brett Larson, who obviously is, is doing a heck of a job at St. Cloud. Uh, our representation last year at the Frozen Four as a state. Um, you know, when you start talking about the product on the ice, and then I think the quality of people that, that are in the programs that we have within the state, we should all be incredibly proud about that. And for us to add, you know, one of Herb's visions was trying to provide more opportunities for young people in our state to play Division One hockey. And, you know, when, when this started, you didn't have St. Cloud in the league. You didn't have Bemidji. You, you know, you didn't have MSU. You didn't have Minnesota State. Uh, you didn't have St. Thomas. And so I, I have to believe Herb's smiling right now uh, with, with what is within our borders. And uh, it just continues to get better. So I think anytime you can, within your footprint, you can drive to an area and compete and have your fans travel, have their fans travel and be a part of, you know, the state of hockey, us hockey day in Minnesota, we get an opportunity to host that this year. We're incredibly excited about it because I think it's just a showcase of what we're talking about, about being a part of the state of hockey and, and what the game really means to our state. Love that answer. Enjoyed this conversation with you, Mike Hastings, head coach, Minnesota State men's hockey. Um, it's going to be a good one this weekend. Enjoy it. Enjoy those two games. Enjoy kind of the, the early season as you kind of figure out what this team is all about and hopefully uh, playing deep into March and April as well. Thanks, Michael. I appreciate you having me on. Really enjoyed that conversation with Mike Hastings. Appreciate him coming on the show. Should be fun down in Mankato. If you're down there, uh, let me know how things were. I'm sure that building will be rocking as fans return for number one against number two in the country. That will do it for today. Should have some good stuff coming up next week. Wild season about to start. Plenty of good preseason action going on. Vikings against the Lions. Man, if they lose... Monday's show is going to be unbelievable. If they win, it'll still be great. Thanks for listening all week. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend.